Welcome to the podcast, No Code Talks with Creatio. I'm your host, Andy Zambito, Chief Sales Officer Americas at Creatio. And today we will talk about realities and trends in the pharmaceutical industry. I'm very pleased to introduce our two special guests, Sebastian Forget, President and Owner at Solutions Metrics, and Jason Miller, Senior Pre-Sales Director Americas at Creatio who will be discussing how no-code technology is transforming how the pharmaceutical industry does business. My name is Jason Miller. I'm head of the pre-sales for uh, the Americas for Creatio. So. And I'm uh, Sebastian Forget. I'm uh, the founder of a company called Solution Metrics, who operates in the pharma industry. So let's kick off this first topic, and we're going to talk about how we're interacting with physicians. And I think the pandemic was a great example of how we're changing or or why we're changing our interactions with our healthcare providers. If you think about it, in 2021, about 70% of healthcare providers are now digital native. They're not expecting to see patients directly in front of them. We're interacting via telemedicine. Um, We're interacting via phone call, maybe Skype, maybe a variety of other tools. There's a lot of um, native tools within the medical field that are helping enable this. But it's, it's amazing to see the growth in 2020, again, during the height of the pandemic, telemedicine grew at almost 92%. That's an amazing transformation. But Seb, given that change in how doctors are interacting with their patients, how, how does this play here? How does understanding the customer play, especially if we get into customer relation management? And, and Jason, I think you were absolutely on, on the nail. And that's what the, the stat says and the trends are is the way first the pandemic was an acceleration in lot of digitalization and the way, and I think it's it's it uncover and fast forward us in like five, 10 years in way we communicate, especially in the pharma industry with our healthcare professional. And if we talk with the physician more specifically, if we're looking at also what, what's happening on the telemedicine, what's happening, the new generation is more digital savvy. So what happened is it changed the behavior in the way they want to interact with us as people who want to engage with them, the way they interact, interact with sales rep as well. So in the pharma industry, we want to always do, you know, visit our, our HCP and our, our physician. So it changed, it transformed. So uh, I was looking at another stat. So before the pandemic, it was a split of, ter- so depend by country, by region, but to let's say, about 30% were digital interactions, so Zoom's another way to engage, and 70% was face-to-face. Now it's revert. So it's 70% digital engagement, 30% face-to-face. And as well, the digital conversation, so the, the, the last bullet has changed as well, is the, the, the way they engage as well as the expectation has changed. So before it was a good old meeting between two, you know, again, we don't want to have put away the, the, the human relationship here, but there's expectation. So like in any industry, I think we became, we became more and more cognizant of the time we're investing with, with people. So we really want to get you know, a maximum out of it. So the expectation has changed. They want to be more, bring me the value, bring value for me, bring value for my patient. So which I think the digital world allows to do uh, better. We're seeing things like portal, for example, for healthcare professionals. So the pharma, they do have a portal where physician and other healthcare professional can go log in 
you know, even interact digitally, have, have some information they need. Even we're going to talk today about some clinical studies that are being doing together between the pharma, uh, sometimes the physician in the hospital or that they're working with or the different healthcare organization, but definitely has something in, uh, in transformation regarding the, the, the way we interact. And as the pandemic brought that as well, it's, and we're seeing, we're working with a lot of our customer in a remote way, and it's way more acceptable than it was before. So it is for telemedicine to, to, to engage with your doctor as a patient. So it is for pharma uh, people to engage with the healthcare professional as well. So that the pandemic brought this transformation. And that's what we're seeing, and that's and also a, a mind, you know, the, the the switch of mindset. And some we're seeing some some, for example, in the pharma, some sales rep do have some challenges to adapt to that. But the good news, the technology is there, is and it it's get it's almost there for sure. It, it needs some transformation, but uh, and once you've done it, you know, the the change is, is very well absorbed. Right. Well, Seb, I think you brought up an interesting point that I, I think I want to emphasize is just because the way we're interacting with doctors has changed, consumers and patients still want to have that relationship, right? So it's important, it just, you know, it, it's very easy for a doctor to sit behind a screen and lose that patient-doctor relationship, right? But they need to make sure that they understand who they are, right? Whether that's Whether that's through ease of communication, having good notes, having an understanding of, of everything that's going on with that doctor. I mean, I, I went to a doctor's visit recently and, and you know, had recently got on some new meds and, and it was, you know, doctor was tracking, tracking me when I wasn't even aware of how wearable technology, right? So the ability to get that type of information consumed and available to the doctor as well, I think that's, a, that's an important thing that can be aided and, and gone even further for driving that relationship closer because the doctor has more information available, so. Absolutely. All right, so let's talk about, oh, go ahead, Sam. No, no, I, I think uh, you're right on. The way, so especially the new generation of physician, they're more native with technology. For the, what it means for pharma is it, it also reciprocate, reciprocate in, in this industry and the way they engage with, with the pharma people as well. So we just need to leverage those tools. That, that's the, as a conclusion for, for last slide. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this kind of leads into the next conversation because this is true for doctors, it's true for pharma, it's true for pharma sales reps. The on-demand interactions, it's it's becoming not just a, oh, that's a nice to have, it's becoming the norm, it's becoming the expected, right? So McKenzie recently did a study, study that said, hey, pharma lags all other major industries except for public sector and digital maturity. Now, it's we all know government works slow, but what they were saying is that pharma is not far behind, right? And, and there is, a significant variance within the industry is more advanced companies have taken the lead in digital, you know, in search of greater leverage. So what they're saying is, is that the leaders are here and the people who have not adopted technology are not even here. They're like off the chart low. So there's this huge gap within the industry, you know, and, and, and part of their summary of that whole thing was, you know, there needs to be a closure of that gap. And, and they talked a little bit about how, that gap can be closed. And, and Seb, as we kind of dig into this topic a little bit, right, understanding how to close that gap, understanding the things that are needed for those pharmaceutical companies to close that gap. Talk to us a little bit about that. 
Absolutely. So a couple of things. So I think the lag in the pharma industry that McKinsey is, is bringing forward is, I think that for sure there's lots of regulation in the pharma industry as well. So, it, and there's some technology inhibitors that prevents to tackle big project. And so today we're going to talk about, you know, the low code and the new approaches to technology to close that gap. But more precisely, so we said that there's new working style due to digitization and the digital transformation that the company are going through were painful. What we're seeing with the latest technology and the approaches like no code or low code is they are able to close faster that gap. Because the in technology, the good thing about waiting is when you onboard, the technology has advanced a lot. So that's the the fast forward track that the pharma is getting to right now. So they're leveraging the new new way of, of working in, in digitalization. Also, the we spoke about it, but the on-demand interaction are replacing the scheduled meeting where I'm going to see this doctor every two weeks, blah, blah, blah. So those has been replacing, and not only through Zoom meeting or, or Teams or whatever, it's been replaced by a customer journey. So the patient, as the, 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 the doctor asks for the patient, the pharma are doing the HCP and the healthcare professional journey. So we're going to talk a little later about the different personas we're interacting with, but they want their journey with the pharma to be successful. So that's, and, and as they try to close the gap, leveraging those tools help them a lot. Um, and as well, um, doctors are more than, I wouldn't say more than ever, but they've always been close to their patient and their time is being, you know, given uh, really solicited in the past two years. So they're the mindset of, of, of being really efficient. So they, they don't want to, quote unquote, not lose, but that invest too much time with the pharma reps and the pharma people. So they really want their interaction to, to, to be maximized. So as they, they're, they're focusing more on the patient. So the pharma now with technology, they're not only capturing, for example, the prescription that this physician is doing for my pills and my competitors, but they're also working with the physician to track their customer success, their, their patient success and their patient results and doing some clinical studies. And so they're really working as a value added, not uh, not necessarily as here's the different molecules that uh, that I can procure you. So it changed from a, a supplier type of relationship to really a partnership. Uh, so. I think you, I think Seb, you hit on a couple of interesting points there, and it's going to lead us into this next topic, which is how is the I think you can go to the next one. How is the how does the relationship between the healthcare providers and big pharma changing. Well, you mentioned it, right? They don't necessarily want to spend their time traveling to events. They don't necessarily want to spend their time, you know, interacting with the reps, right? They want to focus focus on that patient care. So, what impact does that have? Well, 96% of healthcare providers have said that they'd benefit from doing more virtual events, right? They don't want to lose that time in travel. They don't want to lose that time where they can't be with their patients, whereas they can sit down at their computer from anywhere and be able to attend these shows virtually. And what does that mean? It means that they wanna see more virtual events. They still want the physical events as well, but ultimately they look at it as a cost benefit, right? 
if the cost of attending an in-person event is three and a half times the cost of a virtual event, I think that big pharma is starting to understand that not only because of the way the pandemic has changed the world, but just the way that, that doctors and healthcare providers are operating has changed as well. So given that, Seb, what is your take on how this relationship between healthcare providers, pharma is changing and how can the use of technology help enable that change? I think we carried over the message that, you know, the, the, all the healthcare professionals, the finishing, they want to interact digitally more and more. So that's, and there's benefit both for the patient, the healthcare professional, the pharma, the rep. So it's a win, 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 win situation. And we're going to talk a, a little later about, you know, the technology we can use in order to achieve so that it's not a big two year project and we're actually evolving that. But all to say that technology also bring new ways and new you know new new approaches that were that were not possible before so first you need really a 360 degree profile of your healthcare professional so for years pharma they've been gathered information from different sources so we you know and we're doing it all the time we said it earlier so we you know you sell or you distribute to mckesson and americans bergen and cardinal health and you know you track at the pharmacy level you track at the hospital level at the, at the healthcare professional level you know there's multiple ways of getting the gathering the information some also purchase the nelson data to cross you know the the, the market and so there's lots of data that needs to be brought in but once you have it now you can add a layer of the digital engagement with your healthcare professional. So what's been traditionally done from bringing the information, the prescription information, and the market data, and the distribution and that very localized level and, and the FSM management level and FSA, and bringing that with your digital engagement, this is where you can cross information and make really good insight for the pharma to who they can provide help with. So, and this is where the technology will help you. And this is where as well, you know, on the sales side, you can link some performance data and correlate lots of things in the platforms today, platforms like Croatia, for example, can do that for you. So it's not, you know, a, an Excel spreadsheet go back and forth. The technology is there to support the healthcare professional digital engagement for sure the physical engagement as well when i'm doing a visit like we're used to do for the past uh, 15 years but now we have both the digital engagement both the, let's say the traditional profile of the hcp so in order to profess to provide really highly personalized healthcare professional experience when we say about journey when we say about providing value this is where, and building the 360 degree profile of, of your healthcare professional and your customer, this is where it's really, really interesting. This is where everything paid off. We're also in a, a world where there's a lack of workers, right? So it is in the pharma. So you need your people to be more efficient, especially when they engage with, with customers, an healthcare professional, for example. So this is where the technology really fills the gap because you can prioritize, identify, craft some trends, identify the best journey where, and be proactive in where your customer can, can need some help. And, and we alleviate as well the, you know, the typical things we're seeing where I need to plan my visit in advance and stuff. So 
we need to change the mindset here is yes, we knew, do need to visit our physicians and, and engaging with, but it goes behind just the visit. It goes really, how can I provide you value? How can, from your digital profile, seeing where I can support you based on the data I really have in, in, in my platform. So, uh, and, and as well, if a uh, couple of things that technology provide and, and, you know, as we're going through this digitalization, Data entry, we don't do data entry anymore, we dictate. Uh, so it also also help being more efficient. And when we talk about uh, the CME, the, uh, the, the continuous medical education as well, the output of that is really consumable by the pharma uh, companies. So not only all the tools to invite people, see registered, how many DSs, tracking budget and all of that, but also what's been the direct effect. And you normally, and what that's what we've seen, is from those CMEs, they can see the, differ, the difference in the digital behavior. So really, really good, and, and it makes a difference. So, uh, and I think the last bullet is, is what I spoke about. So we're reconciling a lot of POS data, distributor data. So you have the data. That, that pharma has always been good at gathering data. We're taking this data, we're putting into, or transforming it into information. We're, Correlation with the digital profile, some initiative like CMEs, and you really have a personalized experience in order to make people really efficient. Now, Seb, I want to I talk about a couple of these bullet points specifically really quick. Yes. So you talked about customer 360 view, right? So a customer 360 view, a lot of people may not know what that is. So can you just, in layman's terms, what do you mean by customer 360 yes. view? It, it's knowing everything that happened with your customer. So it could be from what they've done online with you. So for example, they went to your website, they went into the portal, and in your portal, they've seen five times this page on this molecule in the past month, okay? So that would be an example of a digital engagement. The emails is sometimes tricky, but with, with, with physician, but it's opening more and more. So also what emails they've been seeing, what, all the digital interaction from, from website visit, email, even some chat sometime if you do have the platform on, on the portal. Now, it's also what's happening on the field, right? All the visits and stuff. And it's also what's happening on the data side. So everything that you reconcile from the data that you're gathering, you're getting it into your platform and your, your, your creation. So you do have everything that's going on with this person and this by automation so we'll see a little later will create a personalized journey because if i know this doctor is not prescribing that much but he went on and there's not that much digital engagement so what's going to happen i will need a specific journey for those guys if it's a really the adoption level is really high now i will have a different for for the molecules we're we're, we're doing it's going to be a different journey. That's building the 360-degree profile, meaning it's I know everything about my, my customers. And then when you have a good platform like Croatia, okay, what this mean? What should be my next step? What should be the journey I'm going through in order to deliver extraordinary customer experience? And I think that the, the really important thing that I want to highlight here is this can be used in a B2B sense, right? From pharma to clinics, to doctors, to uh, hospitals. It can also be used from the B2C standpoint or B2B2C standpoint so that if you've got, you know, information sharing about 
you know, not necessarily individuals, but demographic data, right? Pharma can use that demographic data then target market, right? So if we know that we're prescribed or that that our that our network of doctors is prescribing this type of drug into this demographic into this market, right? We can go we can go target market that, and and we can do that through a lot of a lot of different channels, and and that leads great into this next topic, which is marketing strategy. And from a marketing standpoint, again, B two B or B two C it still holds the same weight, right? Having an understanding of who you're going after, building your segmentation, and then understanding what message you wanna to give to them is how you drive ROI in marketing campaigns, right? So in 2020, global telemedicine went through the roof. We talked about that a little bit earlier, right? But what does that mean for marketing? What it means is how do we get people to change that channel? How do we move them from being in person to coming through telemedicine? what incentivizes them to make that shift right we also we also talked earlier that you know with all of these doctors now becoming you know native in the digital space how can they leverage that capability right and most healthcare providers said that pharma support services are helpful even more now than they were before covid-19 well i think that's a no brainer but it makes you stop and pause for a minute and say well why weren't we that way before Right. So great. Necessity got us there, but it was a no brainer that we're there now. But why weren't we there before? And I think if you think about that, a lot of it was because people didn't think about how to direct market to clinics, to doctors, to facilities. People didn't think about how pharma can go directly to the end consumer, to B2B2C. Right. So, Seb, talk to me a little bit about how marketing um, whether it's campaign management, segmentation, or just overall marketing efforts, how does that play in this in this area? Absolutely. Why we were not there before, you know, and that's what McKinsey said earlier. They're laggers a, a little, but like we said earlier, the good news of being a lagger is when you get in, the technology is more advanced, so you actually can catch up faster. So, and and on the marketing side, that that's true as well. So. The technology right now, there's tons of way of finding new ways to engage with doctor and patient. So we talked about the omni-channel experience. So again, the, what, what this means is you can communicate with your uh, customer in multiple ways, from mobile to chat, different social media, online, phone, physically, you know, uh, physically it's 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 you know, on-site meeting. So there's multiple ways. And again, all of that built what we refer earlier to the 360 degree profile. So as you're engaging with them, it crafts what should be the journey, what should be the next step, and what should be the marketing plan. And you know, so we all, we talk a lot in marketing about the micro personalization. So marketing used to be, okay, I'm doing a campaign, boom, I'm blasting, you know, I'm taking a TV ads to blast the whole United States. Yes, that's a marketing campaign. When we're going into those types of one-on-one -on -one engagement, what we want is really to craft a unique experience. This is where we can, you know, and the technology allows to think about it and really articulate the different marketing initiatives into a really proximate relationship that you're developing with your uh, customer and your healthcare professional. Things like providing customer HTTP portal and really a personalized experience. And when we say a portal, we might think that it's a generic web page that people will log to in order to get information. It's not what portal is in 2022. Portal is once we get your username and password or, or any other authentication method, 
the response is different per individual. Depending who you are, what you need, what we're seeing, what will be the next step. So there's a lot of dynamic content that appears for you. So it's not just only a generic thing that I'm going to log, log into. It's really providing, through a marketing strategy, a really unique experience, really unique. And the results are tremendous. It's great. It's so, and, and the engagement become to transform the supplier customer relationship into a partnership. So that's what we're looking for. And, and the market segmentation, you know, instead of being more generic, really will go into crossing multiple factors and multiple dimensions. So the audience, the product type, the region, the persona, et cetera. So we really want to deliver this unique experience. So the marketing strategy is, yes, there will be large nationwide campaigns that you will do, but you're working as well on a one-of type of experience, a unique experience that you want to deliver and engage and get more attention and get more results at a scale that is really large as well. And when, when we're planning strategic growth in, in some regional uh, data and regional uh, initiatives, that, that's also what we're doing. You say, okay, we're gonna make sure that those initiatives per, per region and you see it, the result with the sales data, but it's really, really delivered in a unique way. As well, more and more, we're, I think the pharma always published lots of, 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 of studies and have done lots of education, you know, great content, but also now it transforms into the patient, the patient level without, you know, breaching any uh, HIPAA compliance and stuff like this, but it gives really personalized data from some patient to, to the doctor. So it's not only a generic study, it becomes some what could be the good example for him. So as a doctor, I could, I could go in and say, okay, I have this, this, this. And so the knowledge base of the technology will consult with me on what are the best approach for this specific case. It's a personalized. So it's not only here's my product, it's here's the engagement approach you can have with us and really segmented and uniquely. So, and, and as well for, uh, we, we talked about earlier uh, continuous medical education, CME, same thing. You know, we, we do have micro CME that gather people from different location, but on a very specific topic. And we create engagement in between different healthcare professionals as well. So it just enriched the experience as well. So those are different types of marketing strategy that, that we're seeing and developing. Again, good news is tons of data. We just need to transform you know, to information, have and craft some journeys we want to, to develop that uh, really uh, unique uh, healthcare professional or customer experience. And before we move on to automation, Seb, I think there was a couple of key points that I wanted to make sure that everybody understood. One is personalized, right? The ability to personalize that journey with the customer. And again, whether it's B2B or B2C, it doesn't matter, the answer's still the same. You know, you could be talking with Dr. Jones, who is prescribing, or you could be talking to Mrs. Smith, who is a consumer of the product, in either scenario, you want to be able to customize that message, target that message, and then ultimately um, get interaction or action 
from the delivery of that message. And there's multiple ways to do that in Seb. Let's talk a little bit about automation here, right? So from a marketing automation standpoint, there are a variety of ways to do it. And, and Seb mentioned, I think, what is two or three key points. One and most important thing is having data visibility, understanding who your target audience is. The second one is having a solution or a system that can help you easily recognize this and then provide you with a step to take action. So if you look at some of these statistics here, and I'm not gonna read them all, but it's, it's, it's really to those major points. It's who am I talking to? How do I wanna craft the message? How do I wanna deliver the message? And we'll talk about omni-channel here in a second. And then how is that leading to increased leads? Higher ROI, Never mind. We, won't, we haven't even gotten into the conversation of ROI visibility or recognition through marketing campaigns. That's a whole other topic on its own. But how can we use a system to be able to do this? And it could be through email. It could be through, uh, especially with the younger generation, starting to get into SMS text, chatbots. Um, if you're in an international world, maybe WhatsApp or other um, direct messaging services like Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, all of these things are ways that that people are interacting with with consumer with businesses and consumers are interacting now. So when we talk about marketing automation, uh, Sebastian, talk to me just a little bit, and I don't want to go too deep into it because it's a whole topic on its own. But how can marketing automation help pharma companies, whether it's B two B or B two C, doesn't matter. How can marketing automation help drive revenue and help drive ROI. Absolutely. So so maybe just marketing, everyone knows what, what marketing is. And, and in pharma also, there's a big track of marketing being educational. Now, what's the automation part of marketing? Is everything that you would like to do, but you don't have time to do, you automate, right? So everything you would like to, to have in a marketing campaign that will take you too much time to do because I need to follow up, I need to if they are interested in that then we should send this content and all of those automation that you would like to do this is where the platform will do it for you we talked about persona we talked about journey we talked about personalized experience so marketing automation is one of the engine that will help you automate part of this journey part is human interaction part is marketing automation it's personalized, automated content slash educational slash marketing automation. So, for example, getting out of a CME, there's follow-ups that needs to be done. And there's, based on the digital interaction and the physical interaction and the data we're gathering, there are some things that, or, or communication or the educational content that needs to be shared based on this profile. So this is where the automation part will come. So CD marketing automation as, you know, if you have a huge marketing department working for you just on making sure that people got the information, this is where we can automate a lot. So when we're talking about CME webinars, educational sessions as well, you know, lots of content that you're doing, you can automate the way you're delivering it. And instead, so, Let's take, everyone knows what's a weekly newsletter, a monthly newsletter. So that's, you're publishing lots of content. The automation is the difference between talking to a magnet phone and a magnet. So as we're gonna have tons of content, 
we're going to try to attract people. And when they engage with the specific content that we're producing, they're going to be in a track where they're going to go and receive more information about it and other information that could be good, depending on lots of, of like I said, the, the, the journey, the profile, and, and lots of, of dimensions. But that's the automation part. And this is where the platform can support. So when we talk about nurture campaign, that's what we mean is ensuring that they, they get the messaging, the benefits, the education that the healthcare professional needs from, from the pharma. And as well, there's lots of, when we talk about emails, things like A-B testing and things we're used to do in traditional marketing stays in the marketing automation. So there's, there's just a way to personalize the experience through a nurture uh, tracks that we can enable in two platforms. And there's all sorts of techniques that we're not going to speak today about, you know, crafting those automation and those journey, but ensuring that, you know, you don't want to bombard people either. And just absolutely not what I'm saying is just instead of the content that I want to receive as an individual needs to be personalized. And if I don't have automation in order to do so, you won't have all the different scenarios and, and the content to be relevant for that person. You're not going to be without automation delivering one-on-one -on -one email-ish type of. So that's that's where the automation comes into, into the marketing. So Seb, I think yeah. you brought up a lot of points, but yeah. now you just talked a lot about automation and you've talked a lot about needing personalization. To me, that screams from a technology standpoint, I need a flexible system that can change rapidly, keep up with changing demand. Gosh, if you've been in and around technology forever, that sounds like a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a heck of a lot of money. So I, I think that some people would look at that and say, yeah, that's great. We've known about this for years, but you know, <laughs> what, what, makes, what makes it different now? Well, we've given you some reasons. Now let's exactly. talk about the how. Now let's absolutely. talk about the how, because all of those things are absolutely accurate. Previously, it would have been very expensive. You would have needed an army of developers, and you'd have been talking seven, eight, nine digits to accomplish a lot of these things. You would have Absolutely. needed years to accomplish a lot of these things. Start with the introduction of no-code. What is exactly. no-code? So first, what, what no-code mean is the term to say, I don't need a developer to personalize and manage my marketing automation and my experience in my in my in my technology stack. I'm not actually gonna have an IT person required in order to do what I want to do. The platform would provide me with tools that speak English, that doesn't speak code, doesn't have to compile, doesn't have complex inline code that I need to, to, to key in manually. It will provide me visual tools when I say, okay, I want to do this and then this and then this. Plus, I'm going to have a button that say, okay, is it right or wrong? <clears throat> it's wrong. Here you have a mistake. Oh, okay. And then because we're not developers, right? So this is what no code means. It, it's, it's a platform that allows non-IT people to go in and configure it in a way they want it to be internally and externally as well. So when I want to create a personalized campaign, and not only create, because honestly, with technology, the thing that 
easy for, for, for a company like Solution Metrics is to do it the first time. The complex thing is to maintain it. And this is where the low code is really, really benefic is because you don't need to actually uh, go in and have a developer that, that maintains it. So no code is not going anywhere, by the way. It's not a new trend. It's, it's the way that the technology is going. And in, in by 2030, it's going to be 187 billion uh, in revenues. So that, that's huge. And you know, by 2024, 65% of the application will be local. For sure, that's the way to go. First, we said it earlier. There's you know a lack of workers, so there's 10 million jobs in IT that are open in the United States that are not filled. 10 million. So, IT departments struggle to just maintain, and, and as we all know, the security and data governance and all of that is not going easier. So this takes more and more resources. So when we, the marketing people or, or the customer experience people say, hey, I would like to deliver extraordinary customer experience, they're always priority number two. Unfortunately, unfortunately, for sure, you can understand that security and other stakeholder in technology are prioritized. So the reaction or, or the what the industry is doing is they are providing those type of no-code no code, uh, solution and no-code tools. So, so ready to use, uh, and Creatio is a good is a great platform for no-code, and that's what it's built on. And things like uh, you know we talked about the, the the nurturing, we talk about the campaign, we talk about you know crafting customer journey, clinical studies directly in your CRM, and every pharma manage it a little different ways. And you know they, even the clinical studies are little, are different from one to another, and you know have different stages and yeah, all sorts of things that that need to be personalized, that needs to be you know reflective of of how we do things and and you don't have it to support you so you need that type of platform and my real definition of no code is no code what it does for sure it allows people to to personalize and to improve things without the it department but what this create is innovation because most of our customers and the business people we're speaking with they're ahead of their current system they know they are, they all are in some way visionary of what the perfect or extraordinary customer experience could be. They just don't have the means to get there. And they, they also go through a cycle of innovation because we all know in business, the first time we do something, it's not always perfect. Sometimes it will, sometimes it will not. So you need the cycle of innovation. And if you go through, IT project, the way it used to be managed is okay, we get this big requirements document, and then boom, we go to in the, you know to the development, and then once it's developed, we implement it and thank you, talk to you in two years. So this mindset has changed. We're going to a shorter cycle of development with the no-code. So what and we're seeing it. So what used to take us five, six, seven, eight, nine months, you know, on big platform, won't mention them, but uh, you know, the big public companies, a platform that we're certified on, now takes weeks in local platform. So what this allows is innovation because we're going through a cycle. So the phase one, two, and three will be normally what the phase one will be, but you will be more experienced so you can innovate. So that's, that's to me, the enabler of uh, the no-code uh, solution. So, and, and the, the benefits for pharma, pharma is, is 
going to have by 2025 from 2019, uh, lots of uh, the, the, the cars will be 15.9. So it's growing by $3 billion, you know, to reach EV. So it's a big, big, big market that's not going anywhere. So, and it keeps, it only keep growing and you need to be reactive. You need to innovate. You need to embrace what the technology can enable. It has its challenge, that's for sure. So that's that's a big part of, of what we're doing with our customers. It's not only the technology, so how do I embrace the technology? How my IT department will react when we say, we don't need you anymore. And you know, so they will say, hey, don't screw up the system. So all of that, so there's ways to doing it, there's best practices, there's lots of initiatives that we're, we're uh, consulting on and, and implementing and working with our, our customer partners. But that's the type of, of approach we need to uh, to have because the market is growing. So uh, and and the people that are more innovative will will succeed more than the others. And all to say, and this is to to kind of conclude it. First, you improve your business relationship. You streamline your operational process. You boost your profitability. You increase productivity, and that allows you to connect with more customers because that innovation that will come and emanates from those approaches will create value for your customer. And I, I'm joking by saying that solution metrics are customer and not the king. It's our customer customers that are king. But second is will create value for the business because it will be more streamlined. And so the, the people, the, the employees will really like the fact that it's more agile, they can innovate, they can go faster. You know, they're not always blocked and frustrated because it doesn't move forward. And the third thing is utility. You're creating value for the shareholders of the business as well. So it creates value for everyone, your customer, your employee and the business, the shareholders. So it's, and that's what I call the wheel of innovation because when it starts, the flywheel starts, I refer here to good to great, but when this flywheel starts, Honestly, we're seeing, and it's it's not okay. I need to capex my IT, and it's the mindset change. It's okay, we're investing in R&D, and R&D it's and it's not big amount as well because we're doing just an, a second round of innovation. We're going into iteration, so you want to progress. Seb, I appreciate you allowing me to be part of it. Until next time, folks, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much from Creatio and from Solutions Metrics. Have a wonderful Thank day. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Sebastian, Jason, it was a real pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you both for your insightful overview. To get more information about our products and services, please visit our website, creatio.com. And for more insight, check our digital event page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Talk soon.